welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm your host, Jeff Howard, and I'm very excited. I've got four people with me. Two are in the room, two are on Zoom, and I'm going to ask everyone to just say their names, but not all at once. Okay, I'll start right here. Andrew Menjavar, the director um, for Driven, the Tony Pearson story. And I am Cameron A. Mitchell. I'm the writer-director of The Sucks and the producer of Driven, the Tony Pearson story. I am April Denise Scott. I am the lead actress in This Sucks. I'm Tony Pearson, author of Driven. And for those who can't figure it out, we have we have the documentary Driven, and Tony is the subject of that documentary based on his own autobiography and his final weight, uh, bodybuilding competition. competition. Yeah. And we have April, who is the lead actor of the film that Cameron wrote and directed. Yep, she plays Jess and also a secret second role in This Sucks. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Laying Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Gotta get people to come see the screening. All right, if, mm-hmm. if you want to learn more about these two wonderful films that are premiering very soon at the Golden State Film Festival, listen to the podcast before this one. Because we're not sharing any more personal information. We are going to answer the <laughs> Discover Indie Film four questions. And those four <laughs> questions are, name three favorite films, name an underrated film, an overrated film, and a lesser known film for people to seek out. And for anyone who wants to throw it in, you can name a guilty pleasure. And I have a feeling we should start with April. Oh, goodness. Okay. Okay. So, okay. list is... First three favorite, three favorite yes. films. I would say is first one is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. I never get tired of it. Nice. <laughs> Near flawless. Um, one. Second one is romantic comedy when Harry met Sally. The script is just hilarious to me. <laughs> um, and third is Forrest Gump, for sure. It's a feel-good movie. Never get tired of it. I genuinely would not have expected those to be your three favorite movies, but I love that they oh, are. I know. <laughs> Nobody it's such ever a knows, weird eclectic yeah. mix. I love it. it but it's is. also I'm gonna I'm I gonna note something, which is that those are three films made by directors who I really admire, who always manage to do something a little unique within the Hollywood system, mm-hmm. right? The Hollywood Thank system you. that crushes people and makes them just put out product instead of something creative. Cameron. Uh, I'm I'm already unable to name the three directors. Robert Zemeckis and I don't know who directed James Harry Cameron. Uh, it oh, was it was wait. Meathead from you know uh, Reiner, oh, Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, Carl Reiner, Rob what? Reiner, Rob Reiner, Carl's son. Oh, okay. But uh, three people who always manage to like within the studio system subversively creative. Well, and especially James Cameron yeah. because the studio system crushes you, but James Cameron just crushes you back. <laughs> And, you know, like you Avatar 2, he's you been know? making this fucking movie for 13 years now. And everyone was like, you know, nobody remembers Avatar. It's not going to be a big deal. Avatar 2 is on its way to be like the third highest grossing movie of all time. So the man is just relentless. It's hilarious. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. He's a scientist as well as an artist. He really is. He and yeah. one of my favorite strange stories was that uh, on September 11th, 2001, he and Bill Paxton were exploring the deck of the Titanic together. They were just down there and then they come up and everyone's very silent and like pale and still. And they're like, what happened? They were just on the Titanic when 9-11 happened. That's so strange to me. Madness. 
All right, well, should we have Tony go second with three favorite films? Okay, so recently I haven't gone to movies, but I, I love the Rocky movies. <laughs> Rocky one, classic for me. And, and I'll tell you what happened. I was training at Ghost Gym, 1977, telling my age. And um, we all went to see the movies. Everyone in the gym went to see Rocky in the theaters. And that inspired us so much. And I mean, the next day, they, they turned the music on. Dun, 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 dun. So we're training like crazy people at the gym. So Rocky 1 and 2, has, it's been really good for me. And Johnny Cash movie, I thought was great. Great movie. Um, good fellas. I like I like those mafia movies. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Creed was really good. I think it was underrated because it's a, it's a real classic, and the third one's coming out now. I'm so excited for Creed three. I just saw that it was coming out like this weekend, and I yeah. did not realize it was coming up that soon. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, what else? What else? <laughs> Oh, no, you, uh, you've got it. You've I got think, it. Yeah, and uh, I'll add Rocky is, I love hearing Rocky on your list because that is an exceptional film. Yeah. And it's very easy to forget after everything Stallone did after that, the hero loses in that film. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. win. Right. Don't know Hollywood, doesn't, Hollywood doesn't let that happen anymore. Well, with Stallone too, it's kind of the same with the, the Rambo movies. You know, Rambo has become so synonymous with this big, bombastic, jingoistic, patriotic, you know, bullshit action film. But the first one, he's just this traumatized, very thin, wiry guy who's just being harassed by police in the small town. One person dies in the whole movie. There are no machine guns. You know, he's throwing rocks at people. He's making these traps. Like, it's such a small, very claustrophobic movie. It's so different from everything that came afterwards. And he he crumbles into tears mm-hmm. at the end. It's it's not a killing the bad guy ending. It's a the hero crumbles into tears mm-hmm. with his emotional weight. He has this just powerful, amazing, stuff. powerful written breakdown. by James Cameron, I believe. Was it? Oh, I think it might have been. He, I think he wrote the first one. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Well, While he was exploring well. the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. You two gentlemen here. Go for it, Andrew. Oh, man. Okay. So I decided to go with a different direction a bit here. And I decided to go uh, documentary edition uh, since I directed a documentary um, in no particular order. Um, I have They Shall Not Grow Old. It's a World War One documentary by Peter Jackson where he took a lot of the old archival footage of World War One. And they painstakingly restored things. They colored it by cutting out pieces of the image. It's like an editor's nightmare, but also like a, a dream to see it uh, all come together. It's it's really incredible. And they do restoration of the sound as well. It's actually all of the old World War One veterans telling their story. And there's no interviews. It's literally just the veterans telling their stories that were recorded I think back in the 60s, um, and they do sound design for some of these uh, scenes that they have of this archival footage, and you just notice little tiny things in the picture that you didn't notice was happening without that sound design. Um, And so that incredible film, I'd say, They Shall Not Grow Old. Um, Next one is Bones Brigade. For those that don't know Bones Brigade, that was the uh, skateboarding group that Tony Hawk was in. Mm -hmm. And so Bones Brigade in autobiography is actually one of the 
Bones Brigade member, um, Stacy uh, Peralta, who was a, a skateboarder in that. And it really documents his whole career, almost like Driven, um, where, you know, it just him as a as a kid, essentially uh, him and this group pioneering this whole cultural movement of skateboarding and how it just came to be and how uh, they took this newfound fame from that. And so it's a really interesting documentary from that perspective. Um, and the last one uh, was actually a bit of inspiration that helped me kind of shape where I, I or how I wanted to tell the story for Driven. Um, and I saw it during the summer of the of shooting Driven. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. And it is uh, it, it uses James Baldwin's unpublished autobiography. And they do this really beautiful thing where uh, they have a narrator. And they it's almost like B-roll and a narrator of what the, they're actually talking about. And it's all about the civil rights movement and how James Baldwin... Uh, actually walked and how he saw society at that time uh, from his perspective. And it's really, really good. Um, so those are my three documentaries. Nice. Yeah. That's an amazing film. Actually, I like all those, but yeah, amazing film. And I feel like the world is missing people like James Baldwin. Now the public intellectual has been replaced by the talking head on 24 hour news. Like there's, there's no, th- thoughtful people mm-hmm. giving us their thoughts that are deep and well thought out. And I'm, I'm repeating myself. So anyway, no, I think that's a really great point to make, honestly, because it is a problem and it's contributing to a lot of bigger problems in the world right now. For sure. And st- didn't Stacey Peralta also do Dogtown and Z-Boys? You know what? I feel like Bones Brigade is almost like a spiritual sequel to Dogtown. Yeah, he did the, that documentary as well. So good. And yeah, it's it goes from that to essentially just his career uh, from that point on. And, you know, it's I, I feel like it's a spiritual sequel to that documentary. For sure. I recommend them both. All right. So Cameron's turn. I, I struggle with this question and I'm only going to cheat a little bit, but I struggle with this question because I love movies and I have a really hard time ranking things. Um, so when I was thinking about this one, I figured I would just go with the movies that I revisit the most often. Um, Cause you know, I have movies that I think are the best. I have movies that I think are my favorites, um, but there's a bunch of them and it changes all the time. So the way I'm going to cheat is um, I'm counting the Lord of the Rings trilogy as one movie because it is really just one story. Um, or six books, depending on how you look at it. Um, but honestly, those movies are the reason I'm here. Um, you know, I talked in the last episode about the special features and the extended editions and things like that, but I watch those movies probably two or three times every year. Um, and high school Cameron watched them a lot more. And so, you know, when I think about, you know, and I think about, you know, they made those movies 20 years ago and so much of it still looks incredible. You know, the effects, the sets, the locations, the performances, so much of it is still just as groundbreaking and amazing as it was in, I think, uh, 2001, 2002 and 2003. And I just think, you know, I would, I would, if I was able to work on something, even a fraction of a fraction of a fraction as important and special and, you know, really good as those movies, I could retire and go live in the woods and be happy. Um, so the Lord of the Rings trilogy would be one. Um, I also really, really love, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. 
I love that movie. I love the design. I love Ron Perlman. I, you know, and Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite directors. I could have picked Pan's Labyrinth. I could have picked The Devil's Backbone, but I watch Hellboy a lot and it's just fun. It's easy to watch. It's interesting. It's vibrant. It creates this like grimy world within a world that I love so much um, because I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. I love horror. Those are kind of my three favorite things. And I feel like Hellboy brings those together really, really well. Um, And then my third, I kind of wanted to change this to the first Terminator movie after April said Terminator 2 because I (laughs) love the first Terminator movie. But I think my favorite horror movie would be uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. I love that movie so much. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. April knows. April knows. Oh, my God. I can't, can't, can't. It's because, you know, with... With horror, I just, I adore that atmosphere. I adore that creepy moodiness. You know, almost anybody can make a horror movie. You don't need much money. You don't need much in the way of sets, but so many, it's hard to make a good one. So many people rely on cheap jump scares or gore to sort of stand in for mood and atmosphere. And the thing has lots of both, but it also is just creepy and unsettling. And you think about it when you're at night and when you're laying in bed at night and your dog comes and lays down on the bed with you and you're like, Oh, you're, you're a monster. Like what's happening with the dog. It just, it sticks with you and it lingers. And I love that with horror movies when they just really just resonate and creepy the fuck out. And I would call John Carpenter an outdoor filmmaker and he would work at any budget level. If he had an idea he wanted to do mm-hmm. and the studio said no, he would go down a step and down a step, whatever he had to do to get that film made. Mm-hmm. And he's also a legendary cranky old man now. And I, I love because I'm also a cranky old man. And I just love that. He's just like, no, fuck off. You know, he talks about the Halloween movies and because there's been so many of them and people will ask him, like, what do you think about the quality? And he says, I don't care. I get a million dollars every time they make them. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. He doesn't care about where the series goes. He just plays his video games and makes his music and lives the good life. Absolutely. All right. Well, question two is a film that you feel is underrated. You want to go in reverse order? Oh, that means you again. <laughs> Underrated. Uh, I was really hoping I wouldn't go first because I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Um, I feel like another one of my favorite movies that a lot of people haven't seen is the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's uh, Shane Black. It's this neo-noir kind of very comedic um, Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, and Michelle Monaghan. They're involved in this weird crime. And it's just so funny and so silly and so stupid, but also it knows when to get serious. And it has, you know, I, I love film noir as well. And it's very this modern day noir. And a lot of people haven't seen this movie. It was a pretty notorious box office bomb. It was before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man, but after he had, you know, come out of rehab and was sort of trying to try new things. Um, but it's so good. And I feel like it's one of those movies that everyone who sees it loves it. Just not a lot of people have seen it. All right. Going back to the documentary, an underrated documentary um, actually is very recent. I think it came out last year. Um, It's called King of Cool. And it's a documentary about uh, James Dean. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry, not James Dean. That's it's, it's late. It's not Tony Hawk. 
Dean Martin. Dean Martin, the king of cool. What am I thinking about over here? They can both be constructed. No, they can't. I mean, yes, but uh, Dean Martin, the king of cool. Um, It was a documentary uh, about his life. Um, Essentially, just like driven. I keep plugging that back in. It's his secret untold story um, because he was a very secretive kind of a guy off stage. He didn't really show you who he was as a person. And so that documentary explores who uh, Dean Martin was. And coincidentally, the cinematographer for that documentary was the same cinematographer for This Sucks. So uh, a little a little plug there. You know, Boom. So I will echo that... Uh, what Andrew said, it's very late and I'm very tired and it's been a long couple weeks. And so he was talking about this movie and I was like, wait, this is extreme. We talked about this very recently. What do we talk about? And he's right. My cinematographer, uh, Gene, who is terrific, also shot that movie. Underrated. Came out last year. Look it up. King of Cool. It's a really great documentary. Good work, Gene. Excellent. Yeah, that's right, Tony? Got one. Um, oh, you did I, you say something was that? Uh, Go ahead. Underrated. <laughs> underrated. Uh, I think misery for me, but it was a good movie, right? Kathy Bates. Well, absolutely I, underrated. Could be absolutely great. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, I think it was. <laughs> she deserved another Oscar. For have that you ever one. read the book? No, I have not. You should read the book. It's a good book too. If you like the movie, you like the book. I love the movie. <laughs> And I do believe a lot of people feel it's one of the best King adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that's that's another thing. Um, I am a massive Stephen King fan. Uh, so is Skylar. She and I go pound for pound with the Stephen King stuff. Um, her collection eclipses mine, which makes me sad. Um, but it's it's a it, you know they they make a lot of Stephen King adaptations, but they're hard to do well. And Misery does it really, really well. Another Rob Reiner film. That's true, yeah. Go figure. And I have a book for you. Someone who's been on this podcast wrote his first novel. A filmmaker wrote a novel, and it's full of King references. Oh, yeah? And it's actually a fantastic novel. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Thank you, Hayden Croft, for letting me read your novel before it comes out. Thank you, Hayden Croft. April, (laughs) underrated? Um, okay, so I'm not sure if this is underrated, but, um, and I don't even know who it's directed by, the movie 13. Uh, I believe the lead is Holly Hunter, where she plays the mother of a 13-year-old girl um, who becomes friends with the most popular 13-year-old girl, but she's an extremely uh, bad influence, and her whole year of being 13 is really going into turmoil with stealing and taking drugs like hardcore drugs and, um, you know, even losing her virginity and the way it's shot is documentary style. Um, so it's very raw. Um, I don't know if that's considered, if that was considered an independent film. Um, but I watched it when I was in high school, surprisingly a counselor made us watch it maybe because we had a class full of young teenage girls Um, And it was really, really shocking to see how your life can literally just (laughs) fall apart in two months of knowing a bad person at 13 years old. And you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. She, she had to repeat her grade over again. She failed all her classes and she was a straight A student. 
her and her relationship with her mother got really bad. Um, and I feel like it's underrated because like nobody really talks about it. And I feel like it's, it, it's pivotal in today's world. Um, cause I feel like young teenage girls try to reach adulthood too quickly. They don't even try to be kids anymore. So, um, to me, that movie is very underrated 13. Um, and the two, uh, other young girls that played in that movie, uh, they're very big actresses. Now, one of them is in, uh, Westworld and the other one was in like the twilight series, uh, movies so um they both went went on to be big stars afterwards but that movie like they they both weren't really well known at that time um yeah i remember when it came out and the gritty realism of it really scared parents oh yeah it's it's honestly i was surprised that my teacher allowed us to watch it because it was pretty raw um yeah we thought we were watching a documentary (laughs) <laughs> she didn't tell us anything. She just put it on and we we're like, what is this? Uh, for about 30 minutes of it, we thought we were watching a documentary, but um, no, it's a movie. Hardcore one, but it was, um, it's very educational. It's, it, it scares you straight almost. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very fun pick or very good pick. All right. Question yeah. number three is a film that is overrated and since you're all such nice people, I'll add the caveat that Andrew's heard too many times listening to this podcast, which is you're not saying it's a bad film. You could say it's a great film. I love this film, but it's still got more awards than it deserved or this or that. Or maybe it's a film you love that you love this filmmaker's other films even more. And why does everyone say that's his best? So anyway, April, you want to do an overrated? Sure. It's actually a, a film I just mentioned, uh, Twilight. The whole Twilight series, I think, is completely, <laughs> completely overrated. And a part of me, I think, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is just me, but, like, my generation, I grew up with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I grew up with, like, yes. gory, real vampires, like Resident Evil and, and like, zombies and, like, weird, just, I don't know. It's just when when you make them too fantasy and i don't know it's just not for me it just i mean the vampires glittered i mean it i <laughs> i didn't i cut to three I, hours later april's still going on me. why she doesn't like twilight <laughs> the only thing i would say about twilight i saw one because you know i have a teenage niece that made me watch it the only thing i would say that i liked about twilight is the soundtrack Whoever is picking the music, good job. Good job. But other than that, I couldn't tolerate it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Tony, do you have an overrated? Not really. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, No, I uh, no because I stick to my bad guys movies. (laughs) Goodfellas and Rocky and all those plays, you know, those guys. Yeah, no problem. I don't really have one. That is not a problem. That's fair. Yeah, all right. Um, all right, here. We're, we're going back to... Are you uh, actually going to do an overrated documentary? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I have <laughs> one. I would try to guess it, but go ahead. Come oh, on, okay, man. Here. Um, overrated documentary, Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King was overrated. It's a bunch of... Uh, oh, I'm yeah. going to go real, real... <laughs> it was just a bunch of redneck. I know that one. And 
just full of people, just not likable people. And arguably not documentary, really. Yeah, a lot of it was just, you know, cut to make it feel dramatic and like almost reality TV. Basically reality TV. Overrated. I guess it was pandemic. uh, We were all locked inside and it got popular. At the right moment. Yeah, so Tiger King, overrated. And people love the bad taste of it all, I think. Yeah, I I agree on that one. I agree. It's terrible. (laughs) Very overrated. Can I I change my answer now? I'd like to. I'd like to take Andrew's answer. (laughs) Just every once in a while, a film wins best documentary, the Oscar, that, and only because it's one that everyone's seen. But it's not necessarily the best documentary at all. It's just the Oscars go to the one thing people have heard of. But I'm not going to name it. Okay. All right. All right. We'll we'll move on to Cameron. I'm honestly not sure I have an answer either because for me, it's just like, it's so hard to get a movie made. Any movie that gets made is honestly a miracle. And, you know, I, I knew this objectively, but I know it's so much more now that we've been down this road with Driven and this sucks that for me, it's like, even if something's not quite clicking, I still, I see the work that goes into it. I see the passion, like, you know, something like Twilight gave us Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart and they lost their goddamn minds making those movies. And now they do just some of the weirdest, most interesting, funny, weird stuff ever. And I love them both. And, you know, for me, it's like, I feel like for a movie to be overrated, it would have to be soulless. It would have to be somebody making it just for the money, just for the paycheck, you know, not really giving a shit about what the product they were making. Not, you know, they're there to make money, not tell a story. And I honestly can't really even think of what, that might be it because I know there's a lot of you know cash grab sequels that come out but you still you see in the performances you see in the cinematography that they're being made at some certain level by people who really are enjoying what they're doing so I, I'm not really sure I have an answer for that either honestly I know I'm cheating but <laughs> I just want to keep reiterate doesn't have to be that it's a bad movie either <laughs> just overrated that's true that's very true like if everyone runs around telling you that uh, Godfather 2 is better than Godfather, you could tell them they're wrong. That's true. I disagree. I love Godfather 2. See, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Godfather 1 guy. Uh, you, well, you know what? I think I made a mistake for because I saw Godfather 2 before I saw Godfather 1. I, I forgot why and how that happened. So Andrew does this. So Andrew, once upon a time, saw... Uh, the the thing was streaming, and he goes, "Oh my god, that's one of Cameron's favorite movies. I should watch the thing." I feel like this is not the same. <laughs> I'm now I'm now dunking on you. No, this is not the same. And he was watching it, and he goes, "Why does Cameron like this movie so much? I don't understand." Come to find out, he's watching the 2011 remake version. He's not watching John Carpenter's <laughs> yeah. The but Thing. I'm not watching like the 2011 remake of Godfather so, Two. Andrew clearly needs help structuring <laughs> his movie watching time. Like all I'm saying is that Godfather Two was an amazing sequel. I'm not taking any merit away from Godfather 1 because that's also an amazing film. Why'd you watch it first, though? I, I, I don't remember. I don't know how that happened. I just know I love Godfather uh, 2. That's fair. It's a good movie. I love the parallel storytelling of it, of how it tells one story and the second story uh, almost concurrently. And uh, Godfather 1 is more linear in that way. I kind of want to throw... Uh 
aspersions at Italians now just because we're talking about Godfather. But let's move on. <laughs> what would Guido think? Everyone's done their over. Everyone's done. Let me. <laughs> Why would you watch Godfather 2 first? He'd say, don't watch those films anyway. Stick to documentaries. Okay, so the last question is a lesser known film that people should seek out. Uh, no, this is you, Cameron. It's me. Okay, lesser known film. I kind of want to go with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang again because I just love re- recommending that. But um, honestly, this sucks and driven the Tony Pearson story. Those movies are lesser known as of right now. And I feel like that's not always going to be the case because we're going to get a lot of people to watch these movies and appreciate the stories that we're telling here. I like that. Nice shameless plug. That was a good one. (laughs) All right. So I have a lesser known film and then I have two honorable mentions. So uh, my lesser known documentary is called Monk with a Camera. And it is a film about a man who's who has it really, really good. You know, his parents are, you know, the stereotypical there. They've made it and he's basically can inherit the corporate wealth of his whole family. But instead, he actually chooses to become a Buddhist monk and he drops everything, travels out to India, and he uh, literally becomes this Buddhist monk and abandons all things. Um, While in India, the monastery actually is uh, about to shut down. And so what he does is he picks up a, a camera. In his past life, he was a photographer so he decides to uh, sell his photography in, in hopes to raise enough money to save the Buddhist monastery. And that movie was actually directed by Guido Santi. Oh, nice. So that was his last last documentary that he did. That's cool. And it sounds familiar. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it, I think it was streaming on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on there, but I know it was streaming on Netflix. Uh, so Monk with a Camera. My two honorable mentions come from the Discover Indie podcast where I discovered some really great indie artists. So I got an honorable mention for uh, Brett Nicoletti and his uh, documentary, The Running Man of Pasadena. It's a short, it's a short documentary uh, and it's really endearing. It feels like a bit of a slice of happiness um, that you just feel, uh, you know, whatever bad is going on in your life, you just put on this really short 11 documentary, 11 minute documentary and you realize, oh, you know what? I can still keep going. I can still be happy despite what's going on. I I still can do things. Uh, And it's a really nice little uh, slice of life. My second honorable mention is Aaron and Tim for Party Dream. (laughs) You watched Party Dream. Party Dream. Emotional high five. Yes. So Party Dream is about the band Gilmantera's Party Dream. And it's this insane, uh, amazing, funny band from the early 2000s. And they just put on these crazy shows. And the whole thing was that they had stage personas and no one could really find out who the real people were. And uh, it, it was until these documentarians came in. And they made this whole feature film. They found out what happened to the band. Because at some point, the band just fell off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And 
you go on this journey and you discover what happens to the band. And I just got this. I, I hadn't heard of that band before that documentary, but I got this weird nostalgia watching that documentary of the early 2000s of like because I used to be in a band uh, when I was in high school and I just got those same nostalgic feelings of you know being on stage and just having fun at these uh, music venues so party dream Uh, check that one out it is an amazing documentary on Amazon Prime Video I think you can rent it there yeah yeah and uh, just fantastic. It changed my life in a way because now I love that band. That band is on shuffle in this house now. Like when nice. we just shuffle <laughs> our live music library, it pops up. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Who Tony, wants to I do, that's uh, you. Yeah, Tony's turn. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't have anyone. <laughs> no worries. All right. There's what like there's not some really random movie that you saw on streaming one night that you really dug? Anything just weird that you saw on cable or nothing like that? Not really. I'm not much I'm not watching much television. I'm like busy doing stuff. <laughs> that is a very good answer. <laughs> good fellas too. It was good fellas too. Oh, okay. Now that electric I like. boogaloo. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I once had uh, a work coffee with the writer of Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Ooh, all right. And, uh, That's a pretty solid brag. Yeah. I won't say any more because I'm being recorded. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say an underrated movie for me um, is a foreign film, and I'm not sure if it's an indie film also, but uh, Maria Full of Grace. Have you guys heard of it at all? I think I yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the drug. She's a drug mule, right? Yep, she's a drug mule, and she's pregnant um, and going to the U.S. for the first time, but um, it's, it's she almost gets caught as soon as she gets to um, America, and it's a struggle when she gets there. Um and she has to decide if what she's going to do for her baby, because it's not about her anymore. Is she going to go back to Colombia, where she's struggling to, you know, pay her mom's bills because <laughs> she's living with her mom and her older sister who keeps having babies? Or is she just going to try and be an immigrant in the U.S. and build a life and build a good life for her child? Um it it was the way it was filmed was to me it's so suspenseful because it, it doesn't seem like it's like a thriller or scary movie, but there are times where there's so much pressure. Um, uh, even the way she has to learn how to swallow those huge capsules. And if she, and she has to do it in front of the boss and if she doesn't do it, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's like, it's, it's just like she can't be a mule and it's like it's huge and she has to swallow it whole oh my god it's just like crazy it's like is she gonna choke you know she's pregnant all these things like what if it opens inside oh my gosh all these things you think about so yeah it's a good movie did you see uh emily the criminal the recent Aubrey plaza one no you should watch it it's uh i think it's okay. on i think it's on hbo i'm not sure don't quote me on that but she's in a kind of a similar situation she uh, is this caterer and a friend of hers offers her this chance to go make 200 bucks doing, you know, something that's not quite legal, but not dangerous. And then everything just kind of spirals from there. It's really, really good. 
Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, that sounds good. Sounds like a movie I would like. <laughs> yeah, you would like it a lot. Yeah, I remember when Maria Full of Grace came out. Powerful film and so realistic. So, oh, so good. Just made you feel what she felt. Everything. Yeah, you were on the journey with her the entire time. That's yeah. awesome. All right, well, thank you all so much. I guess we'll wrap it up. Yeah, thank and, you for having us. Thank well, thank you, you for yeah. being here. Thank you. And thank you. There will be clickable links for all the people you just listened to in the show notes. So just go there if you want to. I won't. I won't even bother. I'll get us out of here. <laughs> Click those links. It is actually. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. I mean, everyone stayed up late for this. So, uh, yeah, like and subscribe to the podcast. Be kind. Maybe even write a nice review. It's very funny. There's been like 180 people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think on oh, wow. the Apple site, there's like. 11 reviews or something. What are you guys doing? <laughs> no, no guilt trip. No guilt trip. I, I'm sort of being an old Jewish mother and giving a guilt trip, but, you know, I'm allowed to. Never <laughs> review your bubby no more. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? Isn't it funny? You think, like, 180 guests, you'd have yeah. at least 90 reviews. So, anyway. So. It's so hard, right, Tony? Just to get people to review your stuff. Yes, it's really <laughs> hard. I, I, I beg. <laughs> And it's funny because it's the troll culture thing, right? Like when, if you see something you hate, you run online and you shit on it. (laughs) And if you see something you enjoy, you move on to the next thing you enjoy. That's true. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. 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 So what would Delivery Boy say to this conundrum? I would say, please give us five stars. Five stars. (laughs) Yeah, please give me five stars. (laughs) At the very least. Wait, does it go up to five or more? Right, and, and look up Tony Pearson's autobiography on Amazon and give that book five stars. Driven, driven, <laughs> driven, driven. The uh, my uh, secret untold story. Yeah, excellent. All right, and uh, this Discovery Indie Film podcast gave birth to a TV series on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, the quick version is: so many filmmakers were coming on here, and everyone who made a feature was like, "I'm on streaming," and everyone who made a short was like, "I'm on YouTube." So we put a bunch of shorts together, put it on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, yeah. And uh, people liked it. So please go to Prime Video, type in Discover Indie Film, and watch the Discover Indie Film TV series. There are currently seven seasons. Season eight, which is an all-dance film season, is coming. And greatly appreciate if people would watch it, rent it, review it, give it five stars, be kind. You don't have to rewind. Boy, I really dated myself there. Oh, man. <laughs> what, what, is what is a VHS? And uh, this whole podcast, it all started with two film festivals, the Sherman Oaks Film Festival and Film Invasion Los Angeles. You can learn about the Sherman Oaks Film Festival that we hold every November. You go to ShermanOaksFF.com, and it's at ShermanOaksFF on social media. Film Invasion Los Angeles, which is every June. You can learn about it at FilmInvasionLA.com or it's at FilmInvasionLA on social media. Oddly enough, there's two festivals because we couldn't come up with, we couldn't pick between the two names. We're making two movies at the same time, so two festivals. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? I hope we show up there, though. 
But I want to be interviewed by Jeff on stage. <laughs> that actually, honestly, that feels like I, I have watched. In addition to the podcast, you have watched them all. But. I have gone to the Vimeo where I have seen the Q and As of just random filmmakers. But that crowd is amazing. I love that crowd. They are so engaged with the filmmakers and how they want to actually talk to the filmmakers and ask them real, legitimate questions as opposed to. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Or what was your budget? Or <laughs> you anytime know, if someone asks the budget question, I always cut them off and go, "You don't have to answer that. We can move on." You pull a lever <laughs> and their seat just drops into a trapdoor. <laughs> I used to. Uh, I'm pretty good at setting the tone. I think one of the reasons why we have good Q and As at those festivals is that I just start off giving my insights on the film that are quite positive because you know we get 800 submissions and we show 60, so they're all good. Mm-hmm. And so I, I give that and then like I've set the tone where no one sitting there is going to like go, well, actually, I think anyway. I have it's more of a statement than a question <laughs> for God's sake. So anyway, <laughs> we've covered the festivals. And the last thing I should mention is if you can enjoy marijuana responsibly and it doesn't have a negative effect <laughs> on your life and you like watching films and TV in that state. Go to watchtvhigh.com, watch like the thing on your wrist, and tvhi.com, or go to the Roku App Store, Amazon Fire TV App Store, Apple TV App Store, what was the last one? Android TV, and Android Mobile, and iPhone App Store, and just type in tvhi, and download the app. Have fun. Life is too short to not have fun, I believe. Yeah, have a party drink. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. All right. Thank you all so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. And we'll uh, we'll see you February 25th and 26th at the Golden State Film Festival. Golden State Film Woo. Festival. Yes. Woo. That festival is for the whole state. Exactly. The biggest state it's in the at the country. Chinese theater, too. Like, it's a pretty cool place to premiere your films, I'd say. It's a nice venue. Yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> it's a, it rings a bell. 